Lovers, this episode is sponsored by Blue Chew. We all know that there is more to confidence in the bedroom or the kitchen or the sex club or a stairwell or the woods or wherever you are. There's so much more to sex wherever you do it than just jackhammering away. But if all you're missing in your relationship is some mutually beneficial stiffness, check out BlueChew.com. BlueChew is a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra, Cialis, and Levitra, but in chewable tablets and at a fraction of the cost. You can take them anytime, day or night, so you can plan ahead or be ready whenever an opportunity arises. The process is simple. Sign up at BlueChew.com, consult with one of their licensed medical providers, and once you are approved, you'll receive your prescription within days. The best part? It's all done online, so no visits to the doctor's office with the doctors that never got trained in sex ed and how to talk to people about it, plus no waiting in line at the pharmacy. Blue Chew's tablets are made in the USA and prepared and shipped direct to your door in a discreet pack. They say that there is nothing sexier than confidence, and Blue Chew can help give you confidence where it counts. Of course, I know you sweet listeners know that using confidence to connect, if you can be confident enough to be really vulnerable with someone, to communicate, to create a safe space that you occupy together, that is super hot. That's the foundation of a connection. And if you have a boner, that can definitely help you do certain things that you know that I love, just as long as you don't skip all the other stuff too. Blue Chew and I want you to have better sex. Discover your options at bluechew.com. And as they say, chew it and do it. And we've got a special deal for our listeners. Try Blue Chew free when you use our promo code LOVER. At checkout, you just pay $5 shipping. That is bluechew.com promo code LOVER to receive your first month free. Visit bluechew.com for more details and important safety information. And thank you to Blue Chew for sponsoring the podcast. $5,000. That's the average amount of money people in the U.S. are now spending on gas in a year. Five grand. That's crazy. If you drive, you have to download Upside, the free app that gives you cash back every time you get gas. That's right. You can earn real cash back with Upside just by buying the gas you're already buying. You can literally start earning cash back today. I use Upside every time I fill up, and I've already made around two, $300. You're putting gas in your car anyway. Why not get real cash back? If you like free money, download Upside. I'm saving the cash I earn from using Upside to help pay for a vacation later this year. Download the free Upside app now to earn cash back every time you buy gas. Use promo code SAVE to get an extra 25 cents per gallon on your first tank. You can cash out anytime right to your bank, PayPal, or a gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free Upside app and use promo code SAVE for a 25 cents per gallon bonus on your first tank. That's code SAVE for a 25 cents per gallon bonus. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com. Hello, lovely humans. I'm Wyo Lee, and you are listening to Sex Stories, a podcast where we learn about sex by talking to sexperts and lay people and getting laid people of all kinds so that together we can make the world a sexier, more loving place. And our guest today is in her 19th year as Madam of Sherry's Ranch, the premier legal brothel closest to Las Vegas, located in Pahrump, Nevada. Welcome, Madam Dina. Hi. How are you? I'm amazing and so excited to have you on here because I have talked to a couple of the ladies from the ranch, but this is a very special treat. So can you please start off by telling us if you had to rate yourself on a sexual shame meter with 10 being so full of shame and one being like, nah, I'm good. Where do you fall right now today? 10 being the highest? Yeah. I'm going to assume that that means sexual knowledge. Just like does shame come up for you when it comes to talking about sex? Oh, gosh, no, that would be like a one or two. I've been in the industry for so long. It's just, I actually have to pull myself back from (laughs) when I'm like talking with people outside of this industry. And they sometimes I'll say little shocking things. And to me, it's so every day I have to stop and I go, oh, I'm so sorry. Did I offend you? I did not mean that, you know. So yeah, I have to be very cognizant about what I'm saying outside of work. I feel that. Are there ever times where it like spikes up and you're like, oh, I do have shame or has it just been like obliterated for the past couple decades? It's really two different things. If if we're talking about sex and sex acts and different things like that, I have no shame. 
I really don't. It's not going to bother me. If we're talking about in my personal life, I think that every one of us has something that we all kind of go, ah, and I don't know, you know, you have those insecurities, but for work stuff to talk about things, no. I feel that. I'm the same way. <laughs> okay. Can you tell us what is sexy to you? How do you define it yourself or like in the work that you do? In the work that I do, I think that with all the different personalities that have come through here that I've had the opportunity to work with, honestly, I would say intelligence. To me, when I meet somebody who's intelligent, who can articulate themselves really well, and I'm not saying like with big words and all that, because then I'll be like, I don't know what that means. You got to get No, I mean, just be able to express themselves in a more in-depth manner. I think that that is what I consider sexy. I really think that a lot of people, customers coming in, feel that way as well. Okay. You know, I don't think it's just about how somebody looks. Yeah, that's a part of it. But when you start talking with somebody and you're able to kind of like start to build a little bit of a connection, it draws people in and then there you go. That's what's sexy. Fuck yeah. And then in the context of working at a legal brothel, like what counts as sex? You know, I ask this question normally to people where I'm like, what counts as sex for you? But I imagine it has a different kind of definition or maybe that distinction is important. Like how do you understand and define sex, the word itself? It would be whatever experience or sexual fantasy somebody's looking for, to me, would be defined as sex. Because not everybody wants what most people think of as the physical act of sex. They're looking for something else, but it would still be can fall under that umbrella of sex. Got it. In your own life, what sort of sex talk or sex ed lesson or consent education did you ever receive, if any, while you were growing up? Okay, I received zero growing up. <laughs> so many of us. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I received zero growing up and it was more like fumble along and figure it out on your own. Let's just say I did a lot of things in my younger years that I would go, oh, probably should have done that. <laughs> <laughs> well, we don't learn until we learn. Right, right. And so when I have my children, I made sure that I was very clear as to what it was so that they wouldn't make those same mistakes. So kind of interesting that way back then is, you know, back in the late 70s, it just was not talked about. Damn. Okay. So you've done a lot of learning maybe like throughout your life or on the job. Can you tell us like, how did you become the madam? You've been doing this for two decades. Like what is your professional origin story? Honestly, I was like a little peon in politics in Las Vegas And I didn't want to do that anymore. I moved my family out to Pahrump and I was actually on a tour with my mother-in-law that she was with the Red Hat Society and she didn't want to come here alone. So I came with her and I took the tour with her and it was a big group tour back then. And we got to see the back and we had a brunch and we did all this stuff. And the madam at the time by the name of Lorraine, she offered me a job on the spot. And I said, wow, that's really nice. But no. And I went home and I didn't need to work at the time. And I kind of thought about it and I thought, you know, a little part-time job to get me out of the house, maybe. So I came up and I talked to her and I started out as a part-time hostess. A year later led to this because she left. A a year later? Uh, Yeah, I was only in it. I, I had started in April of 2006 And by July of 2007, I had already done a couple of the different departments and she had left. And because of that, nobody else had that accumulative knowledge at that time. I got offered the position and man, did I take some lumps on the head because I thought I knew what I was doing, but I was clueless. Oh my God. Of what truly, of what it truly took to be able to do this position. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like I can only imagine. I mean, like, in some ways, it's my dream to do what you're doing. And in other ways, I'm like, that seems fucking terrible. Did you even, like, know brothels existed before you went on that tour? Like, what was your relationship to, like, oh, legal brothel? Were you, like, cool sex? Or were you, like, uh? Um, I didn't really have an opinion. I, I really don't have any judgments on things like that. Never really have. 
I would say I did not know that there were legal places that you could frequent at that time, you know, before I started working here. So it was pretty interesting, you know, learning about it because I didn't realize there were legal places. I knew about the illegal stuff in Vegas, pee on in politics in Vegas, come on. Right. You know, so I knew about that kind of stuff. So coming out and realizing that there were legal establishments was fantastic to me. And then working within this industry for so many years, it's made me realize that because of that lack of knowledge out there for the public, it has made it so very difficult for when I think of young women that are getting caught up in not so great things because maybe they want to work in this industry. And if they don't have good mentors or good direction, they fall into some, maybe some not so great stuff, but giving them that option that they can do something legally, be able to get a paycheck, be able to get your taxes so that you can have proof of income so that you can buy a car, buy a house, you know, move forward in your future in this industry and not keep it in such a nefarious type of shady thing, because it doesn't have to be that it can be something beautiful if you allow it. So to me, I think there should be brothels all over the country. Yeah. Oh my God. Not illegal, legal one. I am with you there. Can you give us like a little snapshot of like what a day or week or month or whatever makes sense time-wise in the life is like for you as a madam? Like what are you doing? What are your primary concerns? You got to drive a big ship, right? And Sherry's is a larger place. And when it comes to brothels, right? Yeah, we're pretty big. We have a hotel. We have a bar and restaurant. We hold up to 25 ladies in a week. And that rotates every week. So our roster is like anywhere from 65 to above 70 in a quarterly period, which is a three month period. So it's trying to rotate through all of that scheduling, trying to manage the people when they come in, because a lot of times I'm dealing with a lot of young women who've never worked in such a structured brothel before or a brothel and helping them to understand that they're working their business within our business. And what does that look like for them? And how do they start to implement that? And it starts to change their way of thinking and how they're, they're looking at things in their future versus just like, I'm gonna make some money, you know, and, (laughs) you know, it's like, no, 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 you can make a lot of money. But let's talk about what you're going to do with that money. You know, you need to invest in yourself, you need to invest in your future. And a lot of times young people have not had that opportunity to have been taught that or even to be said, you know, oh, that's an idea. That's an option for me. I like that, you know, and that's kind of a goal. So uh, look at a week for me. Mondays are my hell days okay? because that's just the busy, 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 busy day. It's just all accounting, all paperwork, all of my color coded spreadsheets. It's a lot of that. So doing all the admin stuff usually falls on Mondays and that can get kind of crazy. And then throughout the week, it's just connecting with the staff because I have my supervisors I got to connect with, make sure that everything is running properly operationally, and then connecting with independent contractors and dealing with what comes up with that, whatever their needs are, if they have any questions or if they need any guidance or if sometimes they just need me, you know, and I have to be able to be flexible enough to be there for them. And then a lot of emails, so many emails. And it's just being able to, like I said, balance that scheduling because ladies will come in either for a week or they'll come in for two weeks and trying to fit it into what's going on in their personal life with what I've got available for them. Sometimes there's a little bit of a juggling act that goes on with that and still being able to have an opportunity to get to know them on a personal level without it being all business. That's my week. That's what I'm doing. Talking with customers, talking with ladies, you know. Okay. So you do talk to customers. I do talk to the customers. What are they like? Well, just yesterday I had a, had a fellow that's been coming here for gosh, as long as I've been here, he's been coming in and I've seen him progress. So he came in, he stayed in the hotel and he came in on a Monday and he wanted to just say hi and just for us to kind of visit and connect. And he likes to reminisce and catch up. And I was so busy. It was Monday. I couldn't do it. So I look up, I look up on the camera and I see him because he's in a wheelchair and I see him leaving. And I'm like, oh, 
no, I got to go see him. And so I'm running out into the parking lot and I'm stopping and I'm like, oh my God, don't leave. I, I, I just, just give me, I need to say hi. You know, and that made his day because yeah. he knew that I wanted to connect with him. And and it's like certain customers and certain ladies and all of it, they become family. Yeah. When you see them regularly like this, they do, they become family and you want to be able to, it's like going and seeing your family you haven't seen in a while and you just want to catch up. I feel that. I totally feel that. So could you tell us what is it like if someone is coming to Sherry's? Like, what can they expect? Like, kind of how does it work if someone is coming to visit? I know they have tours and I know that there's also people that go to see ladies, but like, what do people expect when they show up? Well, I think you could go a couple of different ways with that. You can either go with, let's say you're, you just want to check the place out. You know, you heard about it, you're in town and maybe a relative or a friend's like, oh, let's go have lunch at, at one of the brothels. Because we have the bar and restaurant, you can come in and do that. And at that time, you could take a tour with one of the ladies just to see what it's like in a brothel and kind of get more of a education as to what realistically it is. And people usually walk away going, oh, it's not anything that I thought it was going to be. Mm -hmm. I was like, yeah, you know, I mean, we're pretty nice, sophisticated place. So tell all your friends, <laughs> you yeah, know, yeah. if you're coming in as a customer, maybe you've never been to a brothel, you're a little bit nervous. You can come in. We usually have a hostess that will greet everybody and she will help facilitate what it is that you're looking for. Whether you've checked out our website and you have figured out who it is that you want to talk to, or, you know, you've made an appointment, or maybe you were just, you know, I'm in Vegas, I'm going to try it out. You come out and you don't know who you want to talk to or whatever the case may be, that hostess will help facilitate that. And at that time, you can either do a lineup, which is that could be kind of intimidating. We don't do a lot of lineups or you could sit in the bar, have a drink, and then ladies will come up and chat with you. And then that way you have an opportunity to communicate and see who you connect with. And that also gives you an opportunity to kind of calm your nerves and and kind of acclimate to the place. We want customers to have that best experience. We don't want people to be scared or nervous or anything like that. So at that time, let's say he chats with a lady and that's the one. There's a connection there. The mind is brilliant and you want to go chat. At that time, she's going to take the customer back to her room and he can let her know what kind of different services or different experiences he's looking to have. And then she can talk about what she offers. And at that time, they're going to talk about money. And she's going to let him know where her comfort levels are and how much she's going to charge for their services. And then he will, you know, and it's a give and take on both sides to find where everybody's happy. And then they book the money and then they go have a wonderful experience. Now we cater to couples. So when couples come in, it's a little different because you're talking about two people. Usually I think that couples, when they come in and they're ready to explore their sexuality as a couple and they've gotten to that point, I usually like to let them know, you know, have you talked about your do's, don'ts and your comfort levels? Yeah. You know, a lot of times couples don't do that. They have no idea. They've been together forever, but they don't talk on that level. I mean, some couples do. Yes. But some couples don't. I mean, that's yeah. scary to think that you're going to be judged because let's say you like feet or you want to experience a female or maybe you don't want to experience female, but you just want to watch, you know, I mean, any number of things that could come up. And as a society and individuals, I think that we're so used to people judging us that we don't know how to vocalize this to our partners. And it is so important, so very important And so when they come in, it's about finding out that And if they haven't done that yet, they need to do it before they talk to somebody and then they can talk to ladies again, like, you know, as if you were a regular customer, talk to different ladies and then have an opportunity where the two of them can kind of reconnect privately to see who they both are interested in. And if it ticks off their boxes of what they're both looking for. So it gets a little bit more complicated with couples, but I think that the experiences that couples can have when they walk away is just beautiful. That's awesome. Because you want to come to a place that it's going to be beautiful and it's not going to be the horror stories. Oh, I feel that. I mean, even just like swiping on couples on field, my first question is always like, what's your experience level like? What are your boundaries? And if they don't know, then I'm like, 
have fun learning with someone else. <laughs> I feel that. Right. Are single females allowed to come in as customers as well? Oh, heck yeah. Okay, cool. Heck yeah. Hot. Yeah. Oh, amazing. Yeah, women can come in. We've got a number of ladies that come in to see the other ladies. Maybe, you know, and here's the thing, depending on whatever is going on in their, in their walk of life or their careers or whatever the case is. I mean, we cater to just about everybody. Our handicapped community comes in, usually pretty regular or disabled people that come in or couples, ladies, single guys. I mean, lots of virgins come in because they're scared and they want to learn. So yeah, we, we welcome everybody. I love that. Lovers, this episode is sponsored by Blue Chew. We all know that the foundation to an awesome sex life is excellent mental and physical health, but if proper rest, exercise, and a healthy lifestyle aren't leading to the blood flow you'd like when and where you'd like it, check out BlueChew.com. BlueChew is a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra, Cialis, and Levitra, but in chewable tablets at a fraction of the cost. You can take them anytime, day or night, so you can plan ahead or be ready whenever the opportunity arises. And the process is simple. Sign up at BlueChew.com consult with one of their licensed medical providers, and once you are approved, you'll receive your prescription within days. The best part, it's all done online, so no visits to the doctor's office, no dealing with awkward physicians who aren't trained to talk about sex lives, plus no waiting in line at the pharmacy. Blue Chew's tablets are made in the USA and prepared and shipped direct to your door in a discreet pack. They always say first impressions are important, but what about lasting impressions? Lovers, I do believe that we can always make loving, lasting impressions by connecting and being present and chasing our pleasure and our partner's pleasure. And if your priority is making a deep, deep impression between two beautiful, enthusiastic thighs or cheeks in the name of partnered pleasure, I get it. I've worn a strap on now. I, too, love having a hard cock. Blue Chew and I want you to have better sex. Discover your options at BlueChew.com. Chew it and do it. And we've got a special deal for our listeners. Try Blue Chew free when you use our promo code LOVER at checkout. You just pay $5 for shipping. That is BlueChew.com promo code LOVER to receive your first month free. Visit BlueChew.com for more details and important safety information. And thank you to Blue Chew for sponsoring the podcast. Have you gotten any interesting or weird or shocked reactions when you tell people what you do? Or do you tell people what you do? I usually don't tell people what I do outside of the industry. Right. I mean, people know. So when I first started this in 2006 and when I moved over into the mountain position in 2007, my oldest kids, because I have seven kids, and the older ones, they were still in school and they were starting high school and in middle school. So I made them, the kids would say where I worked and they got judged and some play dates were canceled and some things were said to my kids and we were turned down to be able to participate in some stuff, my husband and I. So I just don't, I just don't tell people what I do outside of here. I don't. I don't want that rollover to happen to my family. So now we're going to fast forward in 19 years. Those children are all married and having children of their own and living their careers, but I still have a 13-year-old at home. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That's a lot to consider. Yeah. And because of that, I'm still really protective about saying what I do because I don't want her to be ostracized or rejected over something that she wants to do because of small-minded people that don't understand the industry. Yeah, for sure. For sure. What have you learned about sex and even like fetishes, specific sex acts, anything because of your work at the brothel? Like what would you never have known about otherwise? Oh my gosh. There's so many. I'm still learning stuff. <laughs> Real, I am. They, I, I, and I know a lot of stuff, yeah. but there's always some that go through and I go, what is that? <laughs> I gotta look that up. I don't know that one. When I first started as a hostess, I would say everything was kind of shocking and new and like blow your mind. I mean, pretty basic things that we deal with all the time now. So moving forward, you know, over the years, you know, trying to think of what different things have been out there and that I think have made me take take pause, I think was very specific bodily fetishes made me kind of take pause. And I, and not that that's what they wanted, but how do you make that happen? Because I always look at it from an independent contractor's viewpoint, you know, and how they have to operate. And I go, that's a lot of planning. How do you make that happen? The most curious thing that I started learning 
which fascinated me was milking the prostate. Yeah. Fascinated me. And it fascinated me, not necessarily the milking the prostate part, the act of, but how blood flow works in the human body and how when you start getting into the anatomy of all of this and how everything kind of comes together and works together. And it just made me go, wow, I never knew that. I'm a bit of a dummy. I never educated myself on any of this because I didn't know. Yeah. So when you get into this industry and you start hearing different things and you start reading up on different things and you start learning, it's like, that's how I feel. It's like layers of learning because I'm like, oh, I know that there's prostate milk. I know. And now I'm like, I need to go research the specifics of the blood flow. Do I know everything? You know, and so that's, <laughs> I'm like, do I? <laughs> so fun. What would you say makes you excellent at what you do? You've been doing it for two decades. Like what are kind of like the skills or your ability to hold or like go with all the sexy stuff? Like how are you so awesome at what you do? Thank you for saying I'm awesome at what I do. I love that. I would say it's always maintaining compassion. And I know that seems very simple, but really that's what it is. When you do something repetitively for so long, you can start to, especially when you're dealing with a lot of people between the independent contractors and the customers, that's a lot of people in two days that I've dealt with. So it's not letting myself lose that compassion because yes, there are times that somebody can get frustrated. It's the same thing as if you're a receptionist and you got to answer phones all day. You know, there are aspects of your position that can start to become frustrating to you. And it's not allowing that to happen for me, because if that happens then I won't maintain my compassion. And if I don't maintain that, I can't connect with people. I can't connect with the ladies. I can't connect with the customers. I can't connect with the staff you know, and look at things from their perspective versus my perspective. Because in life, that's what a lot of people do. We only look at our own little bubble. Totally. And we don't know how to step out of that and take it in from those different perspectives. Yeah. And it's such a mix in a work setting, I would imagine. I mean, here I am like collecting all these perspectives and then I'm like, there's too many perspectives. I don't know which one to think through. And so to be able to kind of find that balance of like, there's theirs, there's mine, and then the job I have to do. So- Zooming out, could you tell us how do you think your work is making the world a sexier, more loving place? Education. The more we can educate the public and the more we can educate people that want to start working within the sex industry, educate the couples out there that want to explore their sexuality in a safe place, educating, you know, our divorcees or our widows so that, hey, there's a safe place that you can come to see whether or not this is the next step for you. If you want to take that step and build another relationship with somebody, you know, come here and see if you're ready for that. For whatever the reasoning is, educating the public to know that there are places that you can go because we're not just the only brothel, but those different places that you can go to experience these things in a safe environment that you can walk away with without any regret. Yeah. What would you say are like the sexiest and least sexy parts of your job that maybe people don't know exist? I would say interacting with the girls and the customers would be at the sexiest, I guess is the word. I enjoy that. I don't dislike that. I dislike answering emails. (laughs) I feel that so hard. (laughs) I mean, just the timing and you're just like, oh, another email. Okay. And and it's like, sometimes I wish I had a little voice recorder. I do better when I could talk. Can I just talk into the computer? So emails are, I think, my least favorite thing to do. I'll even go clean the the hotels. (laughs) hotel and I think that's more fun than answering emails. (laughs) Go jump in with housekeeping and be like, let me help you out today. (laughs) I would love to hear what you have noticed through your work about sex-related shame. I would say the stigmatism of being labeled a sex worker or a prostitute. We don't use the word prostitute. We use the word courtesans because I don't like that word. I mean, it's my own personal thing. I would say how people will treat. So a number of years ago, pre-pandemic, there was a vote in our county to get rid of all brothels in our county. So there was a hard 
political push of people going out there, going door to door to talk about what brothels do in our local community, my county, to help people be educated before they went and voted. Yeah. So when this was all going on, and there were, and it was very heated. I mean, people were, the debate was on. I'd go into the grocery store and I'd hear people talking about it and I'd be, you know, listening. And there were so many varied views on it. And this all started during the FASTA SESA thing. Right. When that all started, that's when this preacher took it upon himself to try and get rid of brothels in night counties again. But this isn't the first time he's tried to do it. So what amazed me is I had a... Reverend, I don't know if he's called a reverend or a preacher or what. He came in one day into the bar and he asked to speak to me. So I went out and I, I was curious and went and I spoke to him and he said, I just want to say thank you. And he shook my hand and I was like, thank you for what? And he said that I just want to say you guys have always been good neighbors and I don't feel anybody should judge you guys until them themselves stop drinking, stop smoking, stop gambling. Yes. Stop doing all of that. And until everybody can focus on themselves and see what they're doing and stop that, I don't feel anybody should judge you guys. And I was just like, wow, that is amazing. Thank you so much. Because at the time, you know, you're just hearing negative, negative, negative. And he did that. And that just totally made my week. It made the whole thing so much a little bit easier to bear. And obviously it didn't get passed because it didn't win the vote because we're still here and the community did rally behind us. And it was more of the community that was like, you know, support us than don't support us. And that felt good too. Yeah. But yeah, I would say during moments of that created moments of shame. And then of course, in my own personal life, you know, with my kids and judgy people and yeah. Lovers, we are going to take a quick pause for a word from our sponsor, and they have given me notes to do a sultry female voice, so I am very excited and I'm going to do my best. Did you know the Flora app is a safe place to open up, embrace your desires, and find like-minded people? This is the story of one couple who found the threesome of their dreams, discovered a new level of shared passion, and stepped into a whole other realm of possibilities, all thanks to Flora. As life's routines settled in, Robert and Lucy found themselves yearning to explore uncharted territories. So they downloaded Floor and embarked upon a thrilling journey of sensual experimentation, learning more about each other's desires in the process. Open-minded and adventurous, Robert and Lucy dreamt of adding a new dimension to their intimacy, sharing the touch of another woman, being witnessed and connecting in a way that transcends the ordinary. In Floor's diverse and accepting community, Lucy connected with Emily, a babe craving the same experiences. So they invited Robert to the conversation. The chemistry built and anticipation heightened as they exchanged messages until finally their agreed-upon date night arrived. A gorgeous hotel was the setting for their evening of pleasure, passion, and connection. A shared exploration that fulfilled each party's desires. Floor App celebrates the beauty of open-minded connections. It's a platform where fantasies come to life and desires are embraced without judgment. For couples seeking adventure with others or individuals keen on exploring, Fleur invites us all to a world where every desire is a possibility waiting to unfold. Download Fleur now, express your desires freely, and find like-minded people today. I also can imagine, like, customers coming in and maybe having a shame transformation. Or do you think by the time people get there, are they unshamed? Or do you ever feel like, like, do you hear from ladies about experiences with people that are shame-related at all? Okay, so customers will come in for humiliation parties and different things like that, and they want to be shamed. There's experiences yeah. like that. Is that where you're going? <laughs> no, I was thinking. I was thinking more about what you were saying about it being an educational experience, and just from my time talking to people, like even you know, I get regular people that want to come on the podcast, and then once they get here, they're like, "I'm nervous now," you know, and so I'm imagining the brothel version of that. You know, I think shame is such to me is a very heavy heavy negative. I do know that a lot of the ladies that come in here, some don't know their value or know how wonderful they are. And maybe in their life, they haven't been told it enough, or they've had some very negative experiences leading up to when they came here. And when they are surrounded by such strong, independent women, and those women kind of bandy together and pick them up and build them up, 
And between the staff and the ladies that work here that have been here for a long time, because I have ladies that have been here the whole time I've been here. So that community will help to heal that person to show so that they have a safe place and they start figuring out who they are and that they are wonderful and their value to other people and their family and society and everything that they have a lot to give. They have a lot of value. And to create that environment, I think is amazing to see a girl come in and then walk out, you know, six months later, head high, you know, she doesn't stay here for six months, but within a, that time frame, you can see that transformation of confidence, becoming business minded, having goals and starting to put things in place in their, their own personal life that is higher than let's say when they first came in, because now their confidence and their, their self-worth is more. And that, to me, that's huge. I like little examples. So I had a fellow, he was a widower. He'd been with his wife for 60, 65 years. They'd been married forever, forever since they were teenagers. We're talking high school sweethearts. Wow. She passed away. And it had been like a year or two. And he came in, and again, this is a, this is where we fall into, not everything is about sex. It's about sex, but it's not about sex. He needed to come in to see if he could build a relationship with another female or even get to the point where he would want to have sex with somebody else. And it was amazing to watch him blossom from such deep sadness to where when he, you know, after coming out here and spending time, and it was usually with just the one lady, but spending time with her in that no pressure. And then towards the end of it, he, you know, I would say it was like a year later, he got a girlfriend. He started dating again. And I was just like, that's beautiful. Yeah. So, I mean, stuff like that. I mean, where else are you going to find that? Yeah. That's incredible. This might be an impossible question. Is there like an average amount of time people spend with a lady there? Well, it depends on what they want to do, honestly. I mean, somebody may come in for just, you know, they're cool with a blowjob or, you know, a quickie sex or something like that. There's other people that come in and they want a different type of experience. You know, a quickie could be a quickie. Another type of experience, it could be a couple of hours. Mm -hmm. There are some customers that come in and they want, you know, let's say GFE, a girlfriend experience where there was somebody overnight it's really relative to the customer and it's whatever they want. And if they've got the budget for it, we can make it happen. Okay. I interviewed one lady who said her dream was a wife for a week. Has that ever actually happened? Like people, do people come and get like a wife for a week? Oh, I've heard of that before. Yeah. Yeah. I have yeah. heard of that, but he could have a wife for a week if he can afford it. Is that? <laughs> okay. So like for that. <laughs> Again, if she was your wife, you'd be paying for it anyway. But right, right. I mean, <laughs> you're you're paying no matter what, some way or the other. But if you have the money for it, she could be your wife for a week. I'm sure there's plenty of ladies that would be all over that. <laughs> Just because do you want the happy wife, or do you want the wife that's with the to do with? You know, which one do you want? I know you're not really allowed to talk about prices at all, but like, can you say anything about budgets and ranges for people listening? I would say that all budgets are workable. If the customer is willing to negotiate and be flexible on what they're looking for, most of the ladies that work for us are flexible and willing to help. And if it doesn't work out for, let's say, one lady, there's always their girlfriend that may be more interested in working with what somebody's, you know, the experience or fantasy or what the experiences that they're looking for with the budget that they have. So I, yeah, I can't talk prices. So I'm trying as best as I can here. So maybe, <laughs> would, it, would it be accurate to say there are three, four, five, six, and seven figure experiences available? Yes. Okay, cool. Yeah. <laughs> That's cool. I can't say that, but you can say that. Yes. Okay, there's that. Cool. cool. Yeah. Uh, just to give us a range. Okay. Answer this to whatever degree you feel comfortable, or we can just skip it. Have you noticed an influence on your personal life, aside from the negative stuff that happened with your kids, from your work life? Like, have there been any positive inspirations, especially sex-wise? Yes. I think that my husband and I, we've been together for a long time. And I know on a personal level, our communication 
it's very healthy. Our interaction is very healthy. Our communication is very healthy. And I don't think that I would have had that or known about that. And I know I'm in my 50s, but we got together in my 30s. And especially when you're in your 30s, you're still kind of, I don't want to use the word dumb, but in your 20s, you're not so smart. Um, You're still learning so much. And I definitely was because I've been married and divorced a couple of times. So in your 30s, you're still learning. And I don't think I would have learned as quickly about relationships and communication as quickly as I did if I did not work here. Like I said, I took a lot of lumps in the beginning because I didn't know what I was doing. So it was a lot of learning, a lot of education, a lot of everything to get to that point where I feel like I fast forwarded by like, you know, 10, 20 years of where we would need to be. So I'm really grateful for that. That's incredible. So you mentioned that like, you know, working at Sherry's, there's like this kind of family feeling or family vibe, but you also have like a very large actual family of your own. Like, how do you handle work-life, personal life boundaries? Like, is there a lot? Is that easy? Is it hard? They're hard boundaries. I do not intermix either. Meaning work is work home is home. So when I go home, I'm not talking about work. I'm not focused on work. When I get home, it's about a conversation with, you know, how was your day and what are we doing this week? You know what I mean? It's everything but that because I spend so much time here that when I go home, I just want to immerse myself in that. So for me to keep everything where it needs to be, it's a complete line. Work is here and home is here. I'm not really going to mix those two. And it just, I think I have to do it that way just to keep things good in my head. You know what I mean? What about communication around very specific sex acts? You know, you said the word blowjob. Is that something like, do you talk explicitly with your colleagues for work purposes, whether it's like ladies or customers or you know, the people who are behind the desk, like, how is that? Do you just do it regular? Do you guys ever have conversations about it? Do you giggle about it? Okay. So you're just like, (laughs) so if somebody starts working here and they've been here for a period of time, I mean, it's nothing for us to talk about something that has to do with sex and we're having a serious conversation about it. And then, you know, they'll stop and they'll go, I can't believe this is my job. (laughs) You know, I can't believe we're discussing this. This is the concern here at work. Yeah. So when the ladies come in, they have to see a doctor. They get cleared by a doctor of any STIs, right, before they can start working. So when a client comes in, they have to do a dick check and teaching ladies how to do a dick check properly and what they're looking for to keep them safe. You know, it's so easy to say that you've got to, you know, you got to pull skin down. You got to look around this. You got to lift the balls. You got to, you know, and you got to use baby wipes with alcohol and, you know, just to make sure everything's clean and there's no creepy collies. And, you know, I mean, these are our conversations, you know, Hey, this, there's this new, you know, ball gag. I think it'd be great for the S and M room. What do you think? You know, and you hold it up and you get opinion. I'm thinking about getting it for the box, you know what I mean? You know, different things like that. And these are all very regular everyday conversations that we have. And new people kind of have to take pause when they realize what the discussion is. And they're having this discussion in a very serious manner. And then it hits them like, whoa. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I love that. So you mentioned, well, first of all, I love that concept. I wish we all wiped each other down with alcohol swabs before like hooking up. That's great. I think that should be a common practice. Like just a visual inspection. I think that's actually very hot. You mentioned an S&M room. What other specialty rooms do you have? Like what else is there? You know, there's a whole array of specialty rooms and fantasy experiences on the property. There's a voyeur room where you can watch yourself banging it out. We have a new room, which is a body-on-body seaweed gel massage, and you just, it's like a slippery and wet thing. There's different cabana bungalows in the back that are themed differently, so you can have more of a quiet experience. There's a King Arthur one if you want to have fantasy role play. There's, you know, a Roman one if you're more romantic and looking for GFE. You know, I mean, there's so many. And then we can move over to Playland, which has like the school room if you want to be a professor and then you got your co-eds. 
If you're looking into more of a massage type experience, sensual massage experience, you could go into Playland and there's the hot tub that can lead into with the massage table and then all the fun that comes with that. And hopefully don't bang it out on the massage table because I don't want it broken. Yeah. <laughs> there is a bed. You can go to the bed. <laughs> I feel like you've probably had to replace so much broken furniture. Do people just like go crazy with fucking sometimes? Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but that's okay. It's sometimes a cost of doing business. It's all right. Like I don't want to replace the massage table, though. I was gonna say, yeah, yeah. Let's not give people any ideas. <laughs> so, with your experience and just you know, kind of what you know of the world, what sex-related norms, like social and cultural norms, have either surprised you, and/or what would you like to shift in this world? Probably, like I said, education. Yeah getting it out there, and then get to a point where across the state, there's legal places for people to go, whether you're a client or whether you're a sex worker. And the perception of how people look at that, that it's not dirty, it's not bad. These are women that are good neighbors. They're great moms. They're great business people. They're pillars in their community. And you would never know that they're a sex worker. But the richness and the things that they can bring to a community and the no judgment, I think that perception needs to change and how we view sex workers. And yeah, I just think there needs to be a lot more education out there Yeah, and lack of judgment. Mm. Damn. That's a tall order. I was going to say, how do we do that? I guess you just need people to start doing it. I don't know. Dang. Okay. So since you began this work in your particular area of industry in legal brothels in Nevada, have you noticed shifts or trends? You know, obviously you've been, they've tried to shut you down a couple of times, but like looking at the industry as a whole, are there any larger patterns you've noticed? I would say there's more sexual acceptance from couples coming in and more awareness of what people want. Let's say a lady or a gentleman come in and it's just a They're able to articulate it a lot easier than one of the ladies having to help find what that is. Okay. So I think that from 2006 to where we are now, I think there's been a lot more education with that and a lot more openness. I don't know if that's from media or TV or or what it's from, but there is a lot more of that. Otherwise, everything else is still kind of the same. I love that. And I just can't help but wonder how many people have like learned experientially about prostate massages and milkings through <laughs> just showing up. I'm like, that's what I don't know. We'll probably have a huge influx of, I want to know about a prostate massage. <laughs> Coming in, do it. I talked to a lot of people who are very curious about their buttholes, but are perhaps, you know, scared of them because if they're penis owners, they've been raised in places where it's like, that's not okay. But maybe all they need is a pretty lady to help them. So that's that's it. I'll tell you, it's experience I'll never forget in a good way. <laughs> so I hear. <laughs> what, if anything, are you excited to explore in your work going forward, or what are you looking forward to, or like what's coming up for Sherry's in the future? We've been doing some different events that are an invitation only events to be able to give customers a different type of experience to give something to the girls. So we've been focused on that at this time. I don't know of what else we've got coming up down the pike. Corporate office usually handles all that and then tells me and kicks around so much. I know we're looking at remodeling our bar. I know we're looking at doing some construction. So there's that down. For my personal goals, I'm looking to make sure our orchard actually produces enough food that we can give to the community. That's my personal goal, but that's something that near and dear is gardening. I love it. So we have an orchard. Only one year have we been able to give to the food banks in town. And ever since then, I haven't been able, my trees aren't producing. Oh, I mean, my origins are as a farmer and I can only imagine that it's difficult in the desert to farm stuff. Well, yeah, no, I should rephrase there. Are, it's not fenced in. So we have a lot of people taking. The oh, food that's a different issue. Okay. Yeah, well, it's two different issues because you're not growing as much as the potential is there. And then what is growing? It's like you always leave some for the animals and stuff. It's, I liken it more like that. So if we're making enough that we can feed somebody who wants to walk through the orange tree, right. 
stuff and be able to still give some to the ranch itself and the community. That's my goal. I love that. Okay. Can you tell us any like standout stories that were like shocking or wow, obviously protecting everyone's privacy, but like what have you encountered at the brothel that makes a good story that like we just would never know about? I would say the food stories, food fetish. There are a lot of people that are into food. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm into food. Yeah. Love food. But the ones that come in and love it so much that they're able to incorporate it into a fantasy experience. Absolutely amazing. Amazing. Are we talking sploshing? Like where it's like getting all over them or is it like dinner? All of it. All of it. All of it. Where do you do that there? Like, do you like put down a, sh- like, how do you facilitate yeah, that? Yeah, okay. we got it. We have to protect the rooms and there are plastic sheets that can get put down and then have at it. I want to throw pies at people. I know, can me too. That? That's on my bucket list. That's on my bucket Is list. Is on your bucket list? Oh, yeah. Heck yeah. 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 Heck yeah. I want to be able to do that. I would also receive a pie, but I have to be careful with sugar, so I just couldn't get it in my mouth. You know, you have to be careful about where sugar goes, hold-wise, but I would be on both ends of pies, for sure. But think about it. Pie has kind of been done, Yeah. you know, like at the carnivals and stuff yeah. like that. What about pudding? You know, I would love... Oh, my gosh. I feel like you could make a cool pudding slingshot or like a cupcake, oh. like shooter or something, or like a, sling, yeah, a rubber band slingshot. Fun. Dang. That would be fun. That's so cool. <laughs> Do you just see the biggest grins on people coming out, like, afterwards? Oh, heck yeah. Heck yeah. And I just, I look at them and I go, <laughs> not going to lie, I might be a little jelly. <laughs> okay, so wrapping up, normally I ask people this question about, like, a fantasy room, fantasy play space. Obviously, Sherry's has a ton of fantasy rooms already, but... If you suddenly got like an influx of an unlimited budget to build one new like structure building or something, and it was a playroom that like you get to choose every detail of, what would it be like? Ah, I'm still pushing for this, you know. Now, I've never been, but I've seen lots of pictures of where you go. I'm not even sure where it's at, but you go and your cabana, it's like on the water yeah. and it's like a private cabana and you have, you open up the screen door and it's, or the sliding glass door and it, your bed like faces the water. Yes. <gasps> you know what I mean? And it's private. It's just you and water. So I want to try to create something here where it's that. That would be incredible. I'm a big fan of being in bodies of water. That is Yes. Okay. And lovers, you can go check out the ranch at www.sherrysranch.com. Dina, thank you so much for being a guest on Sex Stories. Oh, anytime. If anybody has any questions, they can also go to my Twitter, which is Ranch Mama Dina, and ask away.